Hey people, welcome back to the safe basement. I am your host, Delight. And I'm your co-host, Keisha. Welcome. Well, thanks for tuning back in. Yes, <laughs> thanks. We are grateful. Thank you for the love on the last episode. I don't have to say thank you, but thank you. <laughs> now you have become you are embracing gratitude. Get out. So What's up? How you doing? I'm fine. How are you? So, I'm just cool. chilling. I'm I'm chilling, but my hand is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like there are some things that you know that if I do this thing, it's going to turn out bad. But I still keep repeating it over mm. and over again. Like there are some of these like stupid things you keep doing, and you know that hey, so, something bad is going to happen if I do this to you. Like cutting paper like this. I've cut paper since I was how old, and I know that if you cut it with your bare hands. It's definitely going to cause your hand to be on fire and it's going to last for at least 24 hours and i'll still do it and pepper i caught this time was now like pure red pepper like it was very red and juicy and now my hand is on your fire hand is, this hand is on fire, fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh anywho so today um in in what is it what is in, the word now to commemorate to, that's the word that's the word i just didn't want to blow <laughs> <laughs> so to commemorate um women's history month which pew, is pew, pew. this march we just realized that oh we haven't even said anything relating to women and we just found out that or we just decided that it would have it would be a good idea to yeah. do an episode on women and god's view about women, women or yeah. god's view of women and yeah what should be the right um, attitude or right mindset mm. about women? Even if you're a guy tuning in, I don't think you should tune out. I think it's also helpful for every the both genders to have a right right mindset. For guys, it should be, oh, how should I learn to honor the women around me? Mm. And for the um, females listening, it should be, how does God see me and how should I see myself accordingly? So yeah, that's why we are doing this episode. So we hope it is helpful in thinking about women. So to begin the episode, um, I just want to go back to the first time, or like one of the very first times that women were mentioned in the Bible. Because if we are saying, um, what is God's view about women, it's important that we go to like the first places that God spoke about women. But before that, I just remember that um people say it and i think it's true that for a long time christianity has been a male dominating yeah um religion even though i hate to call christianity a religion because mm. it's more than that but anyways for the longest that people have said especially feminists they have said oh christian is a male dominating and female oppressing mm. religion and the sad fact about it is that it's actually true because most religions are sex right come to think about it right except the new ones they are making Mm. these days that you know you know you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) so the sad truth is that yeah it's a sad truth that Mm. um for the longest time uh, women have been seen as second class citizens Mm. in even in the church yeah the way women are treated women the way women are silenced women are not allowed to speak and just the numerous things that happened within the church. And I even read um, one um, rabbi's prayer like that, that they said, mm-hmm. that they prayed that, thank God yeah, for not making me a woman. I think it's biblical, and, self, that before, like, yes, then, in the Pharisees, when they go, they say, praise It's not biblical. It's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible, but it's like in those times. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. During the period yeah, of like when yeah. Jesus was around, they used to mm, pray those prayers in the yes. temple. It was like, praise be Jehovah, for he has not, no, God, made, he had not made, made me a, a, woman. a woman. And whoa, like when I heard it, I was like, wow, that is, that's, that's beyond. <laughs> like, even if, it's just, it's just really sad. It's like, oh, being a woman is now a taboo. Yeah, a bad thing. I can imagine how the women those days felt. Right? Did they, did they, I don't did they care? Because them today would have seen themselves like, oh yeah, mm. I'm actually a second class yeah. citizen. So, yeah. And just coming to see that that is not God's view about women mm-hmm. and what we have learned over time, we have decided that 
we are going to share it today yeah. and to help people think in a right way mm. about women and how women should be treated and how you should view women even the way god views women just to profess what she was saying i highlight something we, say we are going to share what we have learned mm-hmm. so in no way are we saying that oh we have gone to seminary and studied Mm-mm. about god and women so please don't listen to this with the ear of oh if you hear something that you don't like you just like, mm-hmm. pick it and run with it mm-hmm. we are sharing what we have learned and it's yeah. a learning curve for everybody so mm-hmm. yeah so fire out away if if Go you don't on. like it <laughs> I just, I, I just wish you should listen with an open mind. Yes. Because, I don't know. Just listen with an open mind. Don't come with all your biases and um, the views you cultural have. Views, yeah. Yes, cultural views. Because, to be honest, most of them are really cultural views and cultural biases. And not really that that was what God said. Mm. So it's important that as Christians, we go to the Word and see what has He said about this particular thing. Yeah. And so I'm just going to start by reading Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Um, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. Mm. I will make a helper who is just right for him. And if, um, of course, we know the story and everybody knows who the helper was, it was not the animals, it was not um, the zebras, the monkeys, or whatever. Because mm. Adam named every single one of them and he didn't call any of them um, by the bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. It was when God made woman that we know that that helper God was talking about there was a woman, Yeah, was the female, the first female in the Bible. And um, reading... To be honest, I hate to do all these great things and all these mm-hmm. things, but then it's sometimes it's very important that we look it's into these things yeah. because we need to understand what they did mean. Because sometimes mm-hmm. the truth is that when the Bible was translated from Hebrew to then to Latin, I think to English, some meaning was lost along the way, and then. Mm-hmm the way we would read it, we'll read it with our English understanding. Yeah. So when you see the word helper in the Bible, first thing that comes to your mind, like when you hear help, you remember the oh, house yes. help. Yeah, that's the first thing that's going to come to your mind. The house help is like the person that um, does all the things that are the menial jobs yeah. and all the work that I can get my my hands dirty. Precious hands mm. in. So that's like that's what will come to anybody's mind. Like if you're looking at it from the normal lens, you'll be like, oh, helper, yeah, house help. Mm. But when you go into the Bible and you see the word Ezra, which is um, the word that was used here when it was talking about helper, mm. you see that um, it means it's someone who aids, who strengthens and helps in a way you cannot help yourself. Mm. That is the definition of helper in this um Bible text. Mm. It's the same word that is used whenever God referred to himself in relation to saying he would help Israel. Mm. So you can't say God is Israel's oh, house help. help. Yeah. No, but he's the contender for Israel. He helped them in the ways they could not help themselves. And that was the same word that was used when um, God was talking about making a helper yeah. suitable for Adam. And I'm not in no way saying that women and God are equal. Mm-mm. Mm-mm, yeah. please god forbid i would never and i'm not saying that oh because god now used the word oh yes after god it's women <laughs> no that's no i'm not trying to say any of that but i'm trying to say god is very intentional in the way he speaks and yeah. whenever he says something it's important that we look into it and be like why was this thing used and so we see that the word here used was Ezra. it's a very strong word mm-hmm. so when um God created or wanted to create woman. Mm. He was making woman for Adam to help, to help um, complement, yeah. to help um, for her to come side by side yes. alongside yeah. Yeah. Adam in fulfilling God's plan mm. for um, humanity, for um, God's plan for creation. When he said, oh, be fruitful and multiply, there was no way Adam could do it on his own. Mm. And so God had to create a helper that was suitable for for the plan yeah. for the mandate to come to pass and so that's the word that was used there so i just said let me begin with that so like there's a story about um god and women mm-hmm. <laughs> that resonated that resonates with me every time i hear it mm-hmm. and before it, because it's in numbers now it's not that popular yeah and a lot of people don't talk about it uh-huh. so when i heard the first i was like oh, that's nice but let me just read for context okay. um 
Numbers 27. I'll start from verse 1, then pick the verses that are important. Mm-hmm. One day, a petition was presented by the daughters of Zelophehad, Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Caesar. Their father, Zelophehad, was a descendant of blah, blah, blah. These women stood before <laughs> Moses, Eleazar, and Eleazar the priest, the tribal leaders, and the entire community at the entrance of the tabernacle, saying, Our father died in the wilderness. He was not among Korah's followers who rebelled against the Lord. He died because of his own sin, but he had no sons. Why should the name of our father disappear from his clan just because he had no sons? Give us property along with the rest of our relatives. So Moses brought their case before the Lord, and the Lord replied to Moses, The claim of the daughters of Zelophehad is legitimate. Mm. You must give them a grant of the land of land along with their father's relatives, mm. assign them property that would have been given to their father. And he now changed the law and said, If a man dies and has no son, then give his inheritance to his daughters. And if he has no daughter, either transfer his inheritance to his brothers, blah blah blah. blah. And it's it's just mm. really, you know, it's really instrumental in seeing how God is not a god of patriarchy mm. because that's a patriarchal period obviously yeah. and because of that we know that when a man died and he had no sons there was no inheritance yeah. for his daughters like as far as you are not a man you can't inherit anything from your father you can't own property mm-hmm. per se and you, we see that as they brought their claim to moses moses did not shut them down he yeah. also took it to god and god said okay their claim is legitimate mm-hmm. so let their father not be disinherited yeah. because he died when he hadn't even gotten a share of his this thing in the clan mm. so they had to give it to his daughters and we see how god answered them and then even said that okay from henceforth because of what the daughter said the law was they they made a change yeah (laughs) so like they didn't have to fight we did not see them going to kill men in the Mm, street in the camps exactly that oh we are disinherited they didn't have to fight for it they just brought a genuine claim before most and god helped them and there's another story i don't know when god says that if a man sleeps with a woman i think it's in deuteronomy okay okay and i it, think I'm, i know because is it the adultery we are co- um, caught in adultery is it about stoning no not this uh, yes stoning both the man and the woman is okay. key, but there's another one where he said if a man to preface this I oh think I heard okay Mr. if a man yes um, sleeps with a woman or rapes a woman that then is not married that is not yes, married yes. he will have to, marry, have her, to marry her and that's to protect her yes because they, in those they, days women did not have um, the opportunities that yeah. we, we have these days. So the way a woman could survive literally was it's by getting married. married. And so that was God's way of, of protecting, protecting them. Women. Yeah. And the reason is because, like, he, they said the man must marry her because if he rapes her, he would have gone scot-free. Mm. Like, if he would just do it and nobody mm-hmm. would do anything mm-hmm. to him. But he said they must marry them because nobody else would marry yeah. them. A yeah. woman that has already been defiled and she will have to stay in her father's house all the days, all the days of her life. Because yeah. everything and, like, the honor is it would be as if she went out and was loose, not yeah. like somebody else raped her. Yeah. So God said that the man would marry her, mm. pay his her father a the dowry, yeah. blah blah blah. Somewhere in the drone, me find mm-hmm. it and read. And it's just it's just beautiful. Like even going back to um, the daughters of Zelophehad, seeing that he said the claim of the daughters of Zelophehad is legitimate. Like yes. God affirmed yes, the them. concerns of these women. Like mm-hmm. that is to tell you that from day one, God has never been a patriarchal God. Like mm-hmm. the whole narrative of oh um Christianity is, is patriarchal and, and God is misogynistic. God is misogynistic. It's not true. It's not true. Of course. See, the truth is whenever um human beings are given something would always abuse it yeah god gave uh, people the laws and everything so they now added things like mm. god gave the rabbis the um whoever the men that were to handle the laws he gave them those laws and they decided that oh we are going to add things that yeah. will make it look like it's also god that said this thing and it's like no god didn't say these things mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. they were adding to um the laws that god gives so it's like from day one god has always always seen women yeah. as people of value and even going back to i just remember genesis chapter 1 verse 26 he said god created human beings in his own image in the image of god he created them male and female he created them so both male and female mm-hmm. were created in the image of god yes. and it's just beautiful to see that from day one like from day one god puts his essence in yeah. both man and woman and so that means that in God's eyes, like he doesn't see 
like we are not even talking about in the context of marriage or anything just as normal human beings every individual standing on their own god doesn't see men as more valuable than women mm-hmm. both man and both woman are valuable the same way they have the same worth yeah the same value in the sight of god because they were both made in the image of god and as people that as as human beings every single one of us has the imago day mm-hmm. and that means what does that mean that means that every single one of us is worthy of respect is worthy of honor so if you are not treating somebody well because you say oh and this person's gender mm. that is not that has never been we god's plan we are all image bearers and you should if I, before looking at anybody as male or female i believe we should look at them as an image bearer like yeah. before thinking of oh this is a woman or this is a man you should first think this is somebody made in the image of god this yeah. is an image bearer and because of that i'm going to treat this person with honor and mm. respect it shouldn't be about um, just being male or being female. That's yeah, what I think. and if we skedaddle a little bit to the <laughs> New Testament, where Paul mm. said there is now no more male or mm. female, Jew nor Greek, blah, 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 for yeah. we are all one in Christ Jesus. Mm. So that's another thing to think about. Yeah. And, you know, because Paul is also a very... A very we'll come to that. <laughs> I was saying, I was saying after we talk about Jesus, we'll, we'll now go to yeah, Paul. But yeah. people used to blame him. Oh, misogyny. We we'll always say because obviously, if the Bible is there, that's the proof that people used to say the Bible. Yeah, exactly. So, but, but don't worry. Paul also to, said that. We are bringing so. everything out on the table today. Laying it out. Every there. single thing, every single card is going to be placed on the table today. Yeah. And every single scripture that has silenced women, we shall, by the grace of God, bring to context. Amen and help us have a better view on them i just want to say something i heard um christine mcclellan say she mm-hmm. said patriarchy and feminism are both against and outside the way of the kingdom of god mm-hmm. so patriarchy was never in the plan of god feminism was yeah. never in the plan of god um both of them are two extremes uh, are two extremes. God was never on the patriarchal side and God was never on the feminism side. Mm. I know that yeah, feminism in like in the earlier days it brought some of the changes that yeah. um we have today, which I'm never going to say this I am not grateful regard, for yes, which exactly. I'm never going to disregard. But the truth is that it has what it has grown into over time is not a it's not something I don't think it's something that a Christian should look and be like, Yeah, this is how I want to live my life. I don't think we should be looking at um because whenever um feminism is put out there, whenever somebody says I'm a feminist, what comes to somebody else's mind is um my body, my choice, mm. abortion rights, mm. all those yeah. things, um um suppressing men. Yes. Because literally mm. that's what a lot of feminists do. A lot of them feel like um, men should them the rights should be taken from men and handed over to them but i don't think that's what we should be fighting for we shouldn't be fighting for oh yes and since women have been marginalized all their lives so now every single man should lie on the floor and give all the women the their rights it's like no what we should be um fighting for because me i believe in um women also having i believe in there should be equity like yeah. they should women both man and woman should be treated with, with same, respect yeah. like with the same regard especially if they are doing the same thing yes and you see that the um, man and the woman are both deserving of that yes, same role exactly. like i don't believe that you should give the role based on gender for me one thing i do like um whenever i'm trying to even pick people to do stuff for me i don't do it based on this is a man or this is mm-hmm. a woman what i just speak is that is this person good that at their job exactly and i just go with the person mm-hmm. whoever i feel like yeah i feel this person is capable and this person would mm-hmm. follow my vision will know what i want then i go with the person it's not about oh um this is a man or it's, it's not about because she's a woman and i have to be women supporting women mm. so if this man is better at the job i have to pick the woman exactly. i don't i don't think that should and be it another thing that i really don't like is like people if for, for instance i've had people come at my throat because i i said publicly that i wasn't a feminist mm. and they were like how dare you like people mm. are women died for the rights you have women died so they be able to vote women died so they can go to school and i'm like i will never say that women did not die Mm-mm. for me but Jesus died for me first. <laughs> I <is a> man. <laughs> That's a joke. But I don't. It's a choice, right? Yeah. I think all these things are choices. So if you choose to be, if you don't choose to be, don't attack people who say they don't. They want don't to want be. to be feminist. And just leave everybody to their choice. Mm-hmm. 
of course we have said it like we will never disregard the fact that when the feminist movement came out came up at first it was really it, like it, it was they yes made a lot of change yes yeah. we are not going to but what it has grown into now is not what something what it has become Mm-mm. i don't think somebody that is like seriously reading the bible and trying to follow the commands of god should be following what the feminist um, movement now is yeah. putting out i don't think that should be it I, all this whole thing of christian feminist i'm like Girl, I even saw a book, Jesus the Jesus the Feminist. I was going to talk about that thing, bro. Maybe like I, I was going to talk about it. Maybe because I should give it a read. It's really interesting. It's really interesting. I have, I have this book here, um, Jesus Love of a Woman's Soul by Dr. Erwin Lutzer and Rebecca Lutzer. Hey, husband. Let me do PR packet <laughs> So this came in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Influence our part. So I wanted to read a quote. I she just talked about this. Um, Jesus the feminist. I think we should go there next, okay. talking about um, how Jesus um, reflected mm. God's view about women because um, Jesus was the express image of, of the God. Father. Yeah. Jesus is not was. Jesus is the express image of the Father. Jesus said, "If you have the seen, it's really beautiful. The book is a really beautiful book." Anyway, Jesus said, um, "If." If you have seen me, yes, you have you seen have the seen Father. God, yeah. So about being um, about Jesus being a feminist, um, let me just read this quote. Like it's in the introduction of the book. He said, "Jesus was the original feminist. The fictional character Sally T. Bing explains to cryptologist Sophie Neville in the novel The Da Vinci Code. This is one book that hmm, mm. it's really really interesting book. Like if you read the storyline, it's like have you? I don't know if you have heard the storyline oh, of The Da Vinci Code." They said that um, Jesus <laughs> got that book, bro. It is so outrageous I and blasphemous. He said Jesus and Mary Magdalene were a thing, right? Yes, and the Mary Magdalene now got pregnant and ran away to Egypt and gave birth to a child. I know it's a woman. I think I think the girl's name is Sarah. I say, hey, God forbid, though, not my Jesus, I beg, go. Please, <laughs> you I'm guys. Going to wash my ears. <laughs> I just say, let me just say, it's like, if you're planning on following the precepts of the Da Vinci Code, please do not. So back to the quote, said, For many people, the word feminist conjures up image of radical individualism, abortion rights, and a host of other causes, in quotes. We can say with confidence that Jesus was not a feminist in the modern sense, nor did he intend that the church be built on Mary Magdalene, as author Dan Brown claims in his mega bestseller. If by feminist we mean that Jesus broke with the demeaning view the men of his day had of women, if we mean that he overstepped the legalistic boundaries of prejudice, mm. if such be our interpretation of the phrase, then yes, Jesus was the original feminist, in quotes. Jesus was revolutionary in his treatment of women. Mm-hmm. He dared to believe in the ministry of women and valued them in a way that was foreign to his times. Mm. So yeah, saying Jesus is a feminist, I don't think it's biblical mm. it's not the right term to use yeah. we, sh- we can just say yeah jesus valued and he affirmed women. women he respected he honored women we can see it like there are so many examples mm-hmm. like there are so many stories we can read in the bible um about this we see oh a very good one that i think i should read luke chapter 8 mm. verse 1 to 3 it says Soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his twelve disciples with him, verse 2, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons, verse 3, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resource to support Jesus and his disciples. Mm-hmm. So we see that Jesus had women that were following alongside his ministry. Mm-hmm. And we can say this way, like, of course, they were not part of the 12, but they were still Jesus' disciples, disciples because yes, exactly. Jesus was a rabbi mm-hmm. from what we know. Jesus was also a rabbi, and rabbis had exactly. disciples. The people that followed the rabbis mm-hmm. are called and learned under them are called disciples mm-hmm. were called disciples and so this women too were also learning because we if you check if you read later on where um that story of when jesus went to 
Mary of Bethany's house. You see, mm-hmm. Mary sat at his feet to learn, mm-hmm. like to learn what um, he was teaching. Yeah. So you could say Mary was a disciple. Of course, she was not part of the twelve, but she was yes, learning exactly. under Jesus. So that made her a disciple. So Jesus had women that were supporting his ministry um, and even giving. And even giving. And this version doesn't even use the word helping. But let me look for a, a version that uses helping. King James said, um, and many others which ministered unto him mm. of their substance. Um, ICB, International Children, say these women used their own money to help Jesus, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to talk about like the word that was used there. This is another word, um, help, but it's not. it doesn't mean Ezra. Mm-hmm. The one that was used here in Greek, it was called, or in Greek, the word is translated from Greek to, the word is diakonos. Mm-hmm. It means, um, it's translated as minister, it's translated as help, yeah. and it's the root word for the word deaconess that yeah. we see later in the early church. Mm. So it's like this women were the original, they were the OG deaconesses. Mm-hmm. So it's like Jesus affirmed women. Yeah. Jesus allowed women to be of use in his ministry. They were not just there to I think so that when we um think of it that oh yeah Jesus had women that were supporting his ministry. When you hear support or helping you might think oh they were just Washing cooking the yeah they're yeah, cooking, cooking bringing food for them but no I don't think that was all it was. I think these women were also helping to mm. spread and propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what yeah. I think. And then to just to add that not to add like a mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Like there's a group chat we have in my church kind okay. of where like the First of all, it was just after the last workers' conference. It was, I think, the team of that workers' conference was passing on the baton. Okay. So, like, there were majorly younger guys in the group okay. with older people to teach doctrine. And then, like, in January, um, my uncle added, my uncle, my pastor my added pastor. <laughs> some of the, like, some girls to it, too. And it was just like, Jesus had women disciples, too. Not only hmm. men deserve to know theology, not hmm. only men, like, women, too, are supposed to know and learn and blah, blah, blah. So, it was really instrumental because growing up i didn't see women preach in my church mm. so like it's very yeah decisive in, in yeah. history yeah. yeah because um i think when we look at it we think that oh the women are just there to just um support the men mm. and just learn from the mouth of the men they can't read you know in those days um, there was this quote, another rabbi said, he said, it better, it's better that the Torah <laughs> be born than a woman born. to handle it. Those like, were brutal. Though. They were. Like, so we were not even meant to hold Bible. Ah, I can Bruh. just imagine how my life would be if I didn't read Bruh. Bible. Like, it's, I can't, I can't even picture it's it. Not, and then they didn't go to the temple. They didn't. They, they, you know. they couldn't enter the synagogue. And you see that, fire, and one, there was this story where, the, one of the last sermons Jesus preached mm. in a synagogue um, is that story where that woman, woman that was bent yeah. over came. Mm. And she, that woman was, is what I would call a disruptor. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa Alpha says it like she said, um, she just imagined as the woman just entered with her bent body. Like if it was these days, men would, would have just brought her their phones uh, and be videoing her. They'll go on Instagram live. <laughs> you'll see her on blogs. They'll be like, and not only was cancel she woman, culture. She's this type of people that were considered outcasts mm, because she had a she deformity. So it's like, Whoa, this was an unclean mm-hmm. being. A, an unclean, a second class. <laughs> A second class unclean being mm. entering the synagogue to be healed. And Jesus, like, if there's one thing that touches me about the story, is the fact that Jesus placed his hand on mm-hmm. her. Mm. You know, if, see, if we understand the um, magnitude. magnitude of the things Jesus did, mm-hmm. like, those days, you couldn't even speak to women in public, even your wife, your sister, your daughter. You couldn't speak to your wife, sister, or daughter in public. Not to talk about touching mm-hmm. a woman that is not even your wife. Mm-hmm. Men did not even touch their wives in public. Not to talk about speaking to and them. And a woman could not even look at a man mm-hmm. when she was talking. I even saw one today. They said there were some Pharisees. They called them the, is it the bleeding Pharisees? Those ones, whenever they saw women, they used to close their eyes and be walking. Like, once a woman is coming, they'll close their eye and be walking. Like, then they will not hit buildings. Some of them, because of it, now they will get injured. So they now start calling them the bleeding Pharisees. Like, so many... Nah. <laughs> the injury no even do you, man. <laughs> so many things that you see, like, the way women were treated. Like, women were seen to be um, people that caused men to uh, have lost. Mm-hmm. They were the ones that... It, it was always, in those days, it was always... And people still do it these days, which... 
we need to talk about like you guys should stop like a girl will not wear something suggestive and then you a guy will rape the girl they will mm-hmm. not ask you why why did you do that you say it's the devil or you say mm-hmm. she's the one and that the one, one that that's, thing. the one that is annoying is when a girl is like oh i was raped the first question they ask is what, what were, were you wearing? wearing what were you wearing let me take up my glasses <laughs> really really even though. if she was naked and like Jesus now coming to say in um, Matthew where he said um, if your right eye causes you to sin, gorge it it out if your right hand causes you to sin (laughs) cut it out, it's better that you go to um, heaven with an with a what is the word maimed? I think it's yes. Maimed. It's better to go to heaven maimed than to go with a than go to hell with your full body. Mm-hmm. So it's like now Jesus was removing that responsibility from women mm-hmm. and placing it on each individual. When yeah. if you sin, it is on you. Take responsibility. Like both. I'm not even just saying it based on just the men, even mm-hmm. the women, because if you look at the places where, um, like when the adulterer, um, adulterous woman, the woman caught in adultery, when they brought her before Jesus. At the end, Jesus said, where were the people that mm. wanted to stone, stone you? They didn't condemn you. She said, no. He said, then neither do I. Go and, and um, sin no not. More. Sin no more. Mm. So Jesus was, at, he actually confronted mm-hmm. her sin. If you see the woman at the well, mm-hmm. he said, yes. um, you have five husbands and the one you're living with now is not even your husband. So Jesus would also would put the responsibility on whoever Each it person, is yes. that sin. Well, I'm not here to say, oh, um, it's just the men that should take responsibility. Everybody should take responsibility for their, for their own for their actions. And when you mention the woman at the well, that's another woman's story. That, that I was going to talk about that one. Like um, there are so many. There are so many. We could go Jesus on. engaged in a theological conversation with, with a, a woman. woman. Let's just sit sit, sit with that for a, yeah. for a second. Like somebody that was not even supposed to read, and he answered all her questions. And this woman was not just a woman. She was a Samaritan, Samaritan woman. woman. Exactly. Sam- Samarians or Samaritans were seen as people that were second class because they, they were, were mixed. They yes. were mixed. They were half Israelites, half Assyrians. Yes. When um, there was um, what they called I think it. they conquered. Yes, they conquered them. Assyrians. And that half was they now um, started intermarrying and then yes they had what we call samaria so they were not even seen as israelites at all yes because of it's just the way like blood. people like from the movies we watch people treat mixed black people yeah yeah like yeah, i think biracial people yes yeah. exactly the way so they are treated the same, yeah just so, like something like yeah. that but worse because you know how that time mm-hmm. works so jesus was talking to a samaritan woman engaging in a full conversation with her he was so respectful mm-hmm. like the way Jesus spoke to women in the Bible, like if you read it, you know all those places where you see woman. You know we used to read it as Jesus was saying woman, like know. that part in um, John chapter two when uh, Mary, his mother, yeah. said um, he should perform the miracle. miracle. He now said woman, woman my time has not come. You know people now be reading that woman. This my boy time. used to disrespect his mother. No, <laughs> when that word that was used, like that's why I said, but whenever we use our English knowledge mm. and read <clears throat> some. Some words that were used in the Bible we will not get it. It's just like how in the idioms in English now. There are mm-hmm. some idioms in English that um, mean something else. But if you look at it in just the plain text, you mm-hmm. think it's another thing. So it's the same thing mm-hmm. with some of those things that were translated. So that word that was used, woman, in <clears throat> in those texts, it was never that Jesus was being rude. Those words were like madam, mm-hmm. like how we use madam yes. this day, how we use ma'am. Mm-hmm. It was a very respectful word. And it was not even only... Um, Mary, his mother, that he even called ma'am. You yeah. see, even Mary Magdalene, um, when she was crying after Jesus resurrected, yeah. that she was not seeing the body of yeah. her savior. He came and said, Dear woman, he yeah. used the same word. So it's like Jesus was respectful, he honored women. And if there's anything I just want you to take from this podcast, is the fact that our savior mm. honored women. And if you look at that, and you as a woman, what does this mean for you? It means that you are of value. You yeah. have value. Yeah. And as a man, what does this mean for you? You should respect and also honor women, women as image bearers. Because yeah. that's what women are. Every single one of us, both male, both female, we are made in the image of God. God loves his sons as the same equally as he loves his daughters. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's it. And now, I think we should move to um, Paul. Because that is another my homeboy. Love Paul so much. Like that's, you, that's my biblical crush. Favorite, favorite part of the Bible. Paul is my biblical crush. You know that Paul movie we watched secondary school. <laughs> Jesus, that, that was Paul. scandalous. 
That Paul was fine, bro. He had blue oh eyes. That For me, guy. with my Bible crush, I think it's John. I just like his confidence. You know when he's yeah, writing... He calling himself the, the disciple that, Jesus that Jesus loved. I can just imagine how the other disciple is looking. Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> really? Imagine Peter reading the letter. Just, he would see so I... much jealousy. <laughs> the sons of Zebedee are like, wow. Mm. Us that Jesus gave us nickname. Sons of Thunder. How dare and you call you yourself? The one the Jesus, one Jesus loved. loved. Nice. Anyway, love John. <laughs> we love and we love Paul. Love Very Paul. a good man. Yeah, he was. The founding father of Christianity. Yeah. So um whenever um people want to silence women, mm. there are some particular verses that they like to quote mm. that women should not speak. All said by Paul. All said by Paul. <laughs> sadly. Not sadly, but whatever. So whenever we see it, people like a lot of people are like, there's one somebody said if they ever see when they go to heaven and they see Paul, oh, they, they are going to talk yes. to him and ask him well, how dare he say that about women. So the first one is First Corinthians chapter fourteen verse thirty four, says women should be silent during the church meetings. It is not proper for them to speak. They should be submissive, just as the law says. Mm. Huh. Interesting verse. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) So whenever people are like, oh, there should be no lady preachers, Mm. this is one of the verses they use. use. And Jasmine was saying something. She said, if you want to take this text literally and as brutally as it is, it's like women should not teach in any way. Because in churches that say women should not... um, preach they they allow women to do sunday school like, women are sunday school teachers so children sunday school especially student, so that means women should not even teach children sunday school at all that's what it means mm-hmm. like if you you want to take that text as literal as it is that women should not because children class is still church no matter what you think it's mm-hmm. still church so women should not teach anywhere at all because they are still handling the text yes. the same text that is used in the big church is the same text that is used in the children church and so if you're saying that women should not um be teachers they should not teach the bible then you should take it as literal as that and say, yes, they should not teach anywhere at all. Mm. But if we look at the context of First Corinthians chapter 14, of the, the whole First Corinthians, the whole 1 Corinthians Paul wrote this letter to Corinth, the church in Corinth. And as we know, Corinth was the epicenter of um, learning, mm. of wisdom. And I heard that the, the goddess, like the main goddess they used to worship was Aphrodite. Yeah. And um, based on the whole thing, it's like... Um, those days like women were the currents like mm-hmm. the women were very rowdy like whenever they met together yeah they would always loud. be loud like everybody wants to add their opinion everybody mm-hmm. wants to speak everybody wants to say something so it's like don't carry what paul was fighting for was orderliness in, in the church. church yeah that, that was the, what the that was the context of this passage like mm. paul was fighting for orderliness because it was the women that were being rowdy mm. they would stay at the back seat and like be talking and be trying to like make their point and everybody's talking and, and asking, just loud asking loud questions and everything is just too rowdy so paul was like hmm how can we curtail mm. this noise how can we make the services to be as orderly as possible it's better that these women do not speak, speak in church mm. that's why he said well if you have questions take it to your husband at home. home yeah because he believed that oh the men should be able to learn mm. and then teach their wives but he didn't he didn't mean that women should not speak because if we even go back to first corinthians chapter 11 mm. that's when he was talking about instructions for public worship yeah verse 5 he said but a woman dishonors her head if she prays or prophesies without a covering on her head mm. but this is the same as shaving her head Women were prophesying. Mm-hmm. This is really interesting. You know, um, in that time, prophecy was seen as a uh, more important gift yes. than yeah. the other ones. Like it was like the staple gift. Like yeah, if you have, there was no Bible. Yeah. So, so if you had, yes, if you have the gift of prophecy, it was like, and women were prophesying. So if if you look at First Corinthians eleven and you look at fourteen, you see that it's being contradictory. Yeah. And you should now ask yourself that how is the same Paul in two um let um two chapters before mm. three chapters before saying oh when women are prophesying yeah that is prophesying in the assembly he's saying they should cover their head then now in 40 is not saying be quiet like it's confusing let me even read tpt's footnotes okay you know we love tpt's footnotes love it, out here love it said um the team For that's one. 1434. Okay. First Corinthians 14.34. The team Paul is addressing is unity and mutual edification, not simply the role of women. Hmm. Women are permitted to speak in church, to prophesy, and to minister 
to the gospel. See First Corinthians eleven verse two to sixteen, mm, where I just read. Yes, yeah. Paul is apparently prohibiting interrupting the leaders as they evaluate prophetic utterances. Mm. It is likely that Paul was addressing a specific issue taking place in, in the that. church fellowship of Corinth, yeah. with women interrupting meetings with their opinions and questions mm. about the prophetic words just spoken, mm. possibly even words spoken by their husbands. So we see that it's like specific, like. One thing that I heard the woman say is that I think Sharon Oja, when I follow her, she said that this is one part of the Bible she doesn't like reading. Then I think a woman that's a pastor now told her that whenever we're reading the Bible, we should understand that Paul was writing to the Corinthians. Mm. And although there are some of the things he that, yeah. wrote that we should pick up, obviously, mm-hmm. and the woman was saying that Paul said, Jesus did not say, I'm not saying that we should we discount should, yes, everything Paul said, yes. but understand context. Like, yeah. he, he may have been addressing a specific issue. He Maybe was. One, he exactly, was. he was. Maybe one woman spoke in church and then scattered everything, you and know? then he now had to write a list. Yeah. Like, so understand the context and don't just put it on yeah. people. Because I don't understand why a woman will be qualified to teach the Bible and then just because she's a woman, she shouldn't. Doesn't make I don't think God will want that. Mm-mm. I don't think so too. And if we are even speaking about, um, oh, in the early church, there were no female. I am going to, I'm about to blow your mind if you've never seen this. Because when I found it, I was really mm-hmm. excited. Romans chapter 16. Mm. That's a place. It's also written by Paul, just yeah. so you know. In case you don't, Romans chapter 16 from verse 1, he said, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church in Sancria, whatever, however they pronounce it, verse 2, welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor amongst God's people. Mm -hmm. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many and especially to me. Verse 3, give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila. Mm -hmm. Like, let me just put a pen there and speak for a second mm. priscilla and aquila if you check wherever this couple was mentioned most of the time priscilla was mentioned first and yeah. i heard that there could be two reasons why priscilla was mentioned first number one because of um i think they were also from one of those either corinth or yeah. ephesus one of those very one of these greek yeah one of these greek countries they were from there and it's either that priscilla had like a higher social status mm. or it could be that priscilla was actually the leader of the church in their home yeah and that was why priscilla's name was mentioned mm-hmm. and if you even go back to Acts chapter 18 mm. where priscilla and aquila met that man apollos that was um speaking the word of yeah. god but was not really interpreting it well. well there were some places that he had he was not having a correct understanding you will now see that priscilla and aquila um, brought him in, in yes, and took him in and filled in those spaces, taught him the word of God, the places he did not know. And what makes you think that it was only Apollos, um, only Aquila that was teaching? Mm. He said, they. The Bible do- doesn't ever make mistake when he uses words. Yes. He said, they took him in and taught him. Mm-hmm. And that, that could also mean that they took him in, not just in a private setting. It could be they took him into their house church, yeah. which they both led, which Priscilla and Aquila led. Mm. So it's like, bruh, there are too many proofs why yeah. women and why even Paul is not a um is not a misogynist. Yeah. And let me just continue reading. He said, um, verse seven of Romans sixteen he said, Greet Andronicus and Junia mm. or Hunia as they pronounce it, Greet Andronicus and Hunia, my fellow Jews who were in prison with me. They are highly respected among the apostles and became followers of Christ before I did. Mm. Hunia um, is a woman. People mm. don't know this. A lot of people think Hunia is a, is a man mm. because um, when one of the times, I think it's, it's a very recent thing, but maybe around the, I don't know the dates in particular, but one of the like from 16th century yeah, to translators. Uh, yes one of the either from 16th to 19th century translators took that name hunia because the person was like it doesn't make sense that paul will be talking at, about a woman in mm-hmm. that way so he now changed the hunia added s mm-hmm. and whenever um greek names whenever there's an s at the end it's a man's name mm-hmm. and when there's no s it's a female's name and so if we see the name Hunia with S, so because he added that S to it, people now started thinking that Hunia was a man. Mm-hmm. So people now, um, in translating it correctly, they have removed the S. So it's Hunia. So we now know that Hunia was a woman. Yeah. And, and Paul said she is highly respected among the apostles and became a follower of Christ before 
him, Paul mm-hmm. did. And if you even go down in this text, like there are so many women. He said, "Give my greetings." Verse is fifteen. Give my give my greetings to Philologos, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and to Olympus. Like even Miriam, I see a Miriam. Here. Yes, That's there it. there are so many names like Paul mentioned here, names of women. So we can from this text like mm-hmm. say that Paul was misogynistic mm-hmm. just because you pick um Titus chapter 2 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14 you now take those two texts and run with it and say oh yes Paul is misogynistic mm-hmm. it's wrong Paul was not he was not at all like when you see he when he was talking in the bible like there are places where he'll be like greet the brothers and the mm-hmm. sisters and sometimes some places you see and these are brothers and these brothers and sisters are my co-laborers mm-hmm. in Christ so Paul was not misogynistic i just thought we should um debunk that yes debunk i that. think the Titus chapter 2 said when, when he said mm-hmm. um blah 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 teach the older men the street similarly teach the older women to live in a way that honors god mm-hmm. there must not be there must not slander others or behavior drinkers instead they should teach others what is good these older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children blah 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 mm-hmm. it doesn't mean because i think some people used to say that because of this verse that means um Women, women should only teach, only teach women, women yeah. and younger yes. children. children. They should not teach their mates. Mm. But no, Paul was basically, he was trying to teach mentorship, like the importance exactly. of passing the baton. Passing the baton. <laughs> taking but people then, under your yes, wings. Yes, taking people under your wings. Because if the older generation doesn't um, um, instill this wisdom and knowledge in the younger generation, it will die with them. Yes. And so, no, it should be it shouldn't just be men mentoring men women should also mentor, mentor women. younger women and mm-hmm. that was what paul was propagating mm-hmm. by saying that in Titus chapter 2 it was not saying so we should stop taking the bible out of context that's what i just need us to say exactly no we should go back no, and read the word of god for what it is mm-hmm. and i want to go back to um judges chapter 4 i just remember judges chapter 4 where we talk about the judge um deborah Debbie. my home girl I love the but I love the story because it's really I don't know it's just really exciting to see that God used a woman. If we go to sorry, let me just read Judges 5 because a lot of us should know this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse 1 of Judges 5 said, "Lord, may all your enemies die blah blah blah." The enemy passed then there was peace in the land for 40 years under the rule of a woman. Mm-hmm. God used the woman. I don't think if God did not want um, Deborah to be on that seat, she should have been there. This mm-hmm. woman was at the gates, like literally like the men. They said, I mean, she had a husband. Yeah, Judges 4, verse 4. Deborah, the wife of Lapidot, mm-hmm. was a prophet who was judging Israel at the time. Verse 5. She would sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites would go to her for judgment. Mm. So she was, this was a very strong woman, mm. like, and she she was still called the wife of Lapidus. So just to, her husband was under her rule. Yes. So just to even quickly just go into there, like, it's not saying that um, if women, if you're a strong woman, you shouldn't submit to your so husband. I just said, let me just bring that. I'm yeah. not, we're not here to talk about submission. That's not what we're here to do. But just to say that um, with what feminism is pushing is that both the husband and wife should be equal in mm. the home. And, and that's it's like, not what God mm-mm, wants. That's, that's the not one we what, can tell you is wrong. Yes, God doesn't want that. God didn't ever say. He said, the order of things is that men should be the head of home, head of the home. If you see in Genesis chapter 3, when God came to ask um, them, ask Adam and Eve what mm. they had done, he did not even address Eve. Exactly. He addressed Adam. And it's not like he didn't know. He knew. Yes. Exactly. He knew it was, he knew it was Eve that was the reason why the whole thing happened yeah but he did not address Eve. why because Eve was not the head of the home yeah he went to the head of the home and addressed the head of the home so nice to tell you that from day one god had made it this was even pre the fall like mm-hmm. even sorry this is post before but even pre the fall god made it that the man should be the head yeah. of the home yeah. so um submission and um headship is not anything about it came with the fall exactly it's pre the fall yeah so i just said let's that out there i'm sorry while we are still on the topic of submission mm-hmm. a lot of people i see single women mm. shouting and saying we must not submit to men you must not because yes. god didn't ask you to yeah they're not your husband everywhere the bible said submit to your husband said husband your own husband did they say all and the men in the world yes Mm-mm. and i feel like as a christian woman you're only yeah submitting to if you are married you are submitting to your husband if you are not you are submitting to your father as mm. far as he's godly mm. as far as they are in like godly authority yeah. the godly men in your life of yeah. course you should submit to them 
But don't go about and shout, hey, I'm on independent. I will not submit to <laughs> You shouldn't submit to any just any man. Yeah. But you submit to your pastors because yeah. they are the leadership, your mm-hmm. father, your elder brothers. Yes. Do that. But don't it's stop not propagating random. the narrative yeah. that you must submit to everyone. Mm-mm. No, we are not. It's, if I am a leader in a place and a man is under me, I'm not supposed to submit to that man that's under me. Yes. He's under me. Yes. In that place, and I am boss. the constituted authority. <laughs> he should submit to me. Yeah. So, just basically, the everything we are saying here is God loves women. God so values women. God affirms women. Mm. So God will not create something he wants. He Mm-mm. just wants to be disrespected. Mm-mm. He created, created all created things for his pleasure. Exactly. And women yeah. give God so much pleasure. God loves and, you. Um, I, another thing I just want to say is don't let anybody make you discount your giftings mm. just because you're a woman. Because mm-hmm. when I was growing up, I was like, I didn't ever want to become a pastor. Yeah. But people always used to tell me, oh, I'm a good communicator. Why oh, I can be a newscaster. And I'm like, maybe I'll teach the gospel. Then hearing all the, not like open a church, but yeah. obviously teach the, yeah. you know. But hearing all the oh women should be saying like it, it made me to kind of discount it. discount it like okay maybe God doesn't want me to do this mm. he does he puts every gift in you for it and yeah that's one thing Jess Maya said also like she'll be miserable if she didn't do what she's mm. doing because she knows that that's what God has called her to do mm-hmm. so what if because she's trying to conform to society contract you say okay let me open church but Dave should be the pastor mm. me I'll just be pastor Mrs mm. you know we shouldn't do that yeah. So don't discount your gifts as a woman. God has given you that gift for a reason. And you should use it. If God has given you the gift of teaching, you should teach. Mm. You should teach because God will not put that in you if he didn't want you to use it. He's not. He, women are not just um, confined to being mothers and wives. Mm-hmm. Women can be way more than that. Women can be teachers. Women can be pastors. All the things, all the good things that God mm-hmm. has um, put in them we can we can use um we can what is the word maximize yeah. we can maximize the gifts and the talents god has given us there is no problem with that yeah. use the gifts just to end this podcast we just need you to know i want you to know that jesus loves you you're a woman jesus loves you you're a man jesus, jesus loves, loves you. you god loves each and every one of us he loves his sons as much as, as he, he loves, loves his, his daughters. daughters and he loves his daughters as much as he loves his sons mm. so yeah happy women's history month pew 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 see you guys in the next episode remember to share this podcast with a friend fellow woman yeah even men Mm. your boyfriend the people who used to be silent share it with them yeah (laughs) share with the feminists Mm -hmm. love you girls and boys because now they are male feminists you guys are weird though but yeah i respect that they are trying to like for women and everything but there's a good way about everything but anyway y'all are weird weird (laughs) (laughs) and the other thing is they should not come and be more involved than they want so see you guys in the next episode Peace. peace